welcome Red Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Welcome everyone, the Bastards are back for this midweek edition of the podcast. We are now a part of the Minute Media Podcast Network, and we are downloaded in over 30 countries across the globe and available on every major media platform. For everyone listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show if you haven't already. Nothing you do will help us more immensely. The Red Sox just wrapped up a three-game set against the Anaheim Angels, dropping the series two games to one. We are still currently in first place in the American League East, two and a half games ahead of the Tampa Bay Rays. As always, a quick disclaimer for any first-time listeners, this is not a Homer podcast. We call it how we see it. When the Red Sox are dominating, we will celebrate that. When they are getting destroyed, we will be critical and at times savagely blunt. If you are easily offended, press the stop button immediately. But for those who embrace it, let's get rolling. I am Terry Cushman coming to you from Lewiston, Maine. You can harass me on Twitter at CushmanMLB. You can also find the podcast account at Bastards underscore Boston. Co-hosting with me tonight from the mile-high city of Denver by way of Quincy, Massachusetts, Andrew Dwan. Andrew, how are you? Man, I'm just recovering from these late night games. I, I'm <laughs> on the West Coast, and they're still late for me. I'm used to the five o'clock, you know, watch it while it means some dinner. But yeah, hey, I don't know how you guys are doing this. <laughs> I had to take it's naps. Brutal. Yeah, I, luckily, unluckily, I have to get up at four thirty a.m. every day. But luckily, I've got like a six to eight hour gap in between shifts where I can sleep. And I even tweeted out, I said, I'm about to take a three-hour nap. Yeah, who's who's mad at me? Who hates me, I mean? And, uh, you, know, you know, some people, you know, chirp me a little bit. But I totally get it. I'm so glad. I mean, I'm not with the team, but I'm, like, homesick that they're not in Boston. Like, I can't wait for them to come home. <laughs> yeah. Job, how are you? Coming from I'm the good. nation's capital by way of Newport, Rhode Island. I'm doing great. You know, I, I predicted we were going to get swept by the Oakland Athletics on the last show, so I was eating crow all week, which was good. And um, it was fun to see Otani, appointment viewing. Um, and I enjoyed the series immensely, even with how it turned out. But I'm also I'm happy to have them back home, and especially playing Philly, where I feel like we always dominate Philly. So I can't wait for that to happen. And we miss Zach Wheeler. So I'm looking forward already. Admittedly, I haven't looked at the matchups yet. I was just going to do that on the fly. Job, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me at J-O-B-M-L-B uh, on Twitter. And I want to say it again, Terry. Don't send me <laughs> job applications. Uh, I get. I, I feel like I get one every two weeks. Um, so, I, And I know it comes from the show. There, there's no one else that like goes to my Twitter and like sees it and goes, oh, let me send my job application here. It's all people who are like trolling me. But I want to just keep saying it. <laughs> Got it. And uh, Andrew, I skipped you. What's your Twitter handle? That's easy enough. It's going to be Andrew Duan MLB. 
all one word. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. Well, I just want to start off by saying I'm mildly annoyed because Anaheim is typically a team we always play well against, especially on the West Coast. It seems like we get thumped a lot of the time by Oakland when we play them. And I thought today's game, game three, was uh, the the automatic win against Andrew Heaney. And uh, the universe might have been against us in several ways. You know, some blue pits didn't, didn't go right. A really questionable call at second base didn't go our way. Um, you know, Dahlbeck got fired up, which I was kind of happy to see. I mean, not at the expense of a loss so much, but I, I want to know that Bobby Dahlbeck gets fired up, and we saw that. But um, kind of a disappointing series, I would say, in the end. All in all, though, with uh, you know a six-game road trip, West Coast road trip after a night where they had two rain delays back home before they hit the road. And that that's always tough to recover from. So I'm pretty happy with how it went, how it went. Didn't think today was going to go that well, just with, um, you know, team trying to get away, no bench depth. It, they, they had to jump out early. They did it. They got dinked and dunked and it just showed from there. Yeah, I mean, Eddie Rodriguez wasn't super effective today. We'll, we'll get into all of it when we do studs and duds, I'm sure. But the, the actual result, as much as it's upsetting, I agree with Andrew. If you told me that this was going to be our record on this road trip, I would have taken it, um, especially coming back home and, and then getting the Phillies before the All-Star break. I do want this team to respond you know, in this next series. Because if they don't respond in this next series and they kind of take a couple of days off, we could find ourselves neck and neck with the Rays again. But the Rays picked up two and a half games in the standings today, having a doubleheader and then we us losing. Um, so I, I do want us to keep our foot on the gas. Yeah. Uh, admittedly, I was getting a little comfortable with a four and a half game lead. I, I don't know if it ever got to five or five and a half, but... Um... It was a sizable lead for halfway through the season, and now it's it's touch and go, and and we've got a tough stretch basically coming up starting immediately. So yeah, I was hoping Terry that we were going to have a five game lead going into that stretch, give us a little bit of cushion, and now it's going to be every game is going to be a fight, and the division is probably going to get decided in the next three weeks. It so could, yeah, because we got be interesting. We got Phillies, and then we got. Yankees, Toronto, Yankees, Toronto, and then Tampa. I might have botched the order a little bit, but that's definitely uh, those are the teams we're playing, and we've got the Yankees twice and Toronto twice. So, um, yeah, and we're not getting Chris Sale back uh, until probably after that. So August 4th that's, is, is the timeline that he's on now would be against Detroit on August 4th. On August so 4th. So any setbacks, and it would be a little bit later than that. Yeah. Yeah, it could be a full series per setback probably. But uh, all right, so we will get into it. Studs and duds. Andrew, you're in the leadoff position. Who's your stud? So I went with Garrett Whitlock today. I, I was super impressed. He came out just firing. Everything was 98. Everything was moving. Uh, that, to me, showed me that he is now our seventh inning guy permanently. And if you look at this going forward in the playoffs, should everything break right, you might only have to have five innings out of the starter if you're going to have 
a Tanner Houck available coming out of the bullpen. Uh, you know, Sawamura, and then seven, eight, nine. You got Whitlock, Ottavino, and Barnes. That they could really make these games a lot shorter than we've ever seen in the past. And I, Whitlock is just the ultimate weapon. I, he should have been an all-star. Deserves it over Chapman. Ridiculous that Chapman's coming out here. Denver, I much would have rather see Whitlock. I mean, that's the homer in me. I'm sure there's another reliever out there more deserving. Everyone, anyone's more deserving than Chapman at this point. But, um, yeah, Garrett Whitlock, I can't wait to watch this guy for the next few years. And I'm super intrigued to see if they do end up making him a starter. I think they will. Um, but based on what I saw today, this guy is going to lock down the seventh inning for us in the postseason. And we're going back to the old postseason format, right? Where it's not an every, it's not every day that you're playing. It's every other day, which gives him that built-in rest. And if you look at our bullpen, Andrew, the, the one guy that you forgot to even mention is probably the best bullpen arm in the league right now. And oh, my God, that's right. Taylor. All right, so we got a four-inning game. So we have Garrett Richards can start game one at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. Don't go there. But what we have is this ability now to play matchups with the seventh and eighth inning. Need Whitlock to play to pitch every, you know, to be available for every game. But if you can do, if you can alternate Whitlock and Ottavino and Taylor, you know, in that seventh and eighth inning, take two out of those three guys. And then Barnes is reliable as a workhorse down the for, down the uh, stretch and into the playoffs. We have, I think, the most dominant bullpen in baseball going into a, a tough playoff stretch. And our starters have been healthy. And if they can give you five innings with a little bit better than what we've been getting from from Eduardo Rodriguez, we're going to be dominant. And I, I know they're talking about Tanner Howe going to the rotation with a six man rotation. I wouldn't hate that. I actually want Tanner Houck to get as many starts as possible, though, before the playoffs, because I actually think that Tanner Houck deserves one of the four playoff rotation spots. Uh, assuming that Chris Sale is in the rotation, I would put Tanner Houck in there above a couple of the guys that are in there now. It's so impossible to try to predict how the pieces are going to fit once October does get here, if we're fortunate enough to play beyond the wild card, but... Um, Whitlock, it seems like he's getting used more and more frequently. You're seeing him twice a series now, at least for the last few weeks. So I love it. And when he's he, been dominant. Absolutely. Struck out the side today in game three. Uh, you know, three up, three down, struck them all out. He had a tough month of May, scuffled a little bit, but seems to have found it again and, I'm just really impressed with how comfortable he seems in the moment as well. It's just extremely encouraging. And I'm looking if he's going to be a starter and he can give you five or six innings of that. I mean, geez, what's the ceiling? You're looking at a number two or a number three. I mean, the ceiling is unknown yet because we don't know what he's going to be over the course of six innings. Can he give you 96 every pitch if he's pitching six innings? Um, maybe not. But what we do know is that he can be dominant for three innings. And even that on, on this team is a huge benefit. So to me, he's proven himself to be one of your more reliable guys. Even in May when he had you know not great stats, one of those home runs that he gave up that everyone was upset about 
was against Otani. And I, I understand it was a, you know, a home run that lost us that game in the 11th inning or whatever it happened to be. But outside of like that and one, maybe two other meltdowns that I'm, I'm escaping me right now, he's been solid all throughout. You know, he had a couple of outings that weren't great and it brought down his overall numbers, but he really just hasn't been used enough to where his numbers are as readable as other people. So when you say he had a bad May, I mean, he had what, six performances and two of them were poor? I mean, that's that's how much he was being used versus now where he's being stretched out and used more frequently. He's been dynamic. I absolutely, I almost went with him as my study in this series as well, but he only pitched in the one game, so I wanted to kind of move off of that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. What? Or go ahead. Sorry, I'll make it quick. One flashback I had, and it was only because we're facing um, Anaheim to Los Angeles, whatever stupid name is, um, was when the the Angels brought up uh, K Rod that year they won the World Series. You just had this injection of energy and youth coming out of the bullpen firing 98-99 and no one was touching it and I think he was a starter prior to that in the minors so he was and he was dominant he was dominant as a starter too it's not like oh he didn't work out let's try him out in the bullpen it was like we really need you to go out there and throw gas for an inning and that turned into his career arc I mean he was a great pitcher for a long time yeah, in the month of May, uh, Whitlock gave up three dingers. I, I thought it might have been a little more than that, but um, you know that that was during his tough stretch. But his uh, earned run average has never been above two eighteen. So, um, and it, it's down to one. Uh, well, this might even be old too. Uh, but coming into today, one point five four. So definitely uh, all star worthy uh, over. A guy like Chapman, like you guys mentioned, but uh, certainly fun to watch. Joe, who's your stud for the series? Uh, I'm going to be honest, Harry. I have to look at some of these numbers here to make sure that I'm, I'm saying this right. But the, my stud for this series is going to be Arroyo. He went 3 for 10. Um, it might have been 3 for 11 at the end of the game because uh, when I wrote it down, it was 3 for 10. He looked really good. Like His timing didn't miss a beat coming out uh coming off the disabled list there or the injured list i'm sorry um he went two for three today with some singles uh early on and then had one that i thought was going to get up the middle in the eighth inning there to score the tying run and the defense just had the shift position perfectly on a hard hit ground ball which ended up being to the second baseman um which was tough to see but his timing is there his defense has been good he just looks healthy uh he did go 0 for four in the second game against otani um, but even when he went 0 for 4, he was making loud contact, so I'm not upset about it. He's forcing himself to be our everyday second baseman when he's healthy, and that's what we've been talking about and asking for for the last month is for Core to give him that everyday opportunity, and he's finally getting it. Yeah, and not only is he hitting, it's the timely hits that you kind of can almost count on him to come through and you know he comes up in a clutch situation and he's going to bang one up the middle or you know bloop one over the fence so this is a great development that we have a everyday second baseman as long as he can stay healthy which seems like his biggest demon at this point uh, kind of has always been throughout his career but if we can get him rolling get him healthy on a new regimen or whatever it's going to take um I don't see why we can't have him at second and Hernandez in center and just have the same lineup every single day. 
like you guys said, he's definitely an electric factory in big moments and uh, starting to show some pop, hit, hit that home run, like Job said, in his first game back. And I was kind of hoping at the start of the season he would be the Cinderella story that might force his way onto the Red Sox roster for you know the next handful of years, maybe have them reconsider plans for certain prospects, whether they would end up being trade capital or not. Not necessarily talking about Jeter down specifically, but but that's probably the guy who's going to take his job eventually, whether it's in August, September, or next April or May. And I'm just wondering, with the injuries, some of them have been due to bad luck, especially getting hit you know, on the hand, but... Lucky or not, that's still gonna that still could cost him if he can't find a way to stay on the field. And as fun as he is to watch, I'm starting to feel like he's more of a short term guy going forward. Like maybe the remainder of this year and possible trade candidate this winter. Yeah, no, I wouldn't hate that. Um, I think. Oh, go ahead, Andrew. No, go for it. Okay, so uh, I think that's probably what Heim Bloom has in mind for him, assuming that Jeter Downs is ready. But that's a big assumption. Jeter Downs has not been performing, you know, the way that we want him to if he's going to be here in August or September of this year. Um, and so it'll definitely be, I would say, probably May of next year before he's ready to go. And even then, we know how Heim Bloom likes to slow walk these prospects. He's doing it currently. So for me, I would say Arroyo might be a trade ship next spring, you know, this time next year, uh, going into July, more so than in the offseason, because I don't know that Jeter Downs will be ready to start next season. What I do know is that this is what Heim Bloom envisioned he could be is this guy who can hit 265, 270 and play great defense, and that's why he's traded for him multiple times. So there's definitely a chance in my mind that Heimblum reconsiders plans around Arroyo playing for a long period of time. And Arroyo has talked about his mindset saying, well, these are freak injuries, and that actually helps me a little bit. Because if it was something that I could control, then teams would judge me differently, and I would judge myself differently, and I would be frustrated. But because these are freak injuries, I'm actually not upset, because these could happen to anybody and I'll get through them. Yeah, I, I see Arroyo being a year, year and a half at this point. Um, I don't think they would just go outright um, give Downs the job. Uh, even if he had a killer spring training, I think they would want him to have a little bit of a safety net with Arroyo. And, you know, it could even be a good thing for Arroyo if he's only playing three games a week, uh, keep him as fresh as possible. So I – they're going to make sure they get him as high as his value can go. And we always see these guys get moved at the trade deadline for probably more than they're actually worth. So definitely a good investment piece. I, I like him and it, it's hard for me to compare him to any recent Red Sox players, at least not, none come to mind. Maybe Travis Shaw a little bit because nobody thought he would make the impact he made in the year or two. He was, he was with us. And I, I think John Farrell kind of ruined uh, Travis Shaw as far as Boston went but um, but I just I see the potential and I want to see him maximize it but I get more and more pessimistic every time 
he's you know on the injured list so well so terry i want to tell you like for me the guy that comes to mind and people who listen to this show or people who watch the red sox regularly are going to be upset with me for saying this he reminds me of johnny gomes and steve pierce kind of rolled into one i think he has the the talent level of of a steve uh, of a johnny gomes rather but he competes like steve pierce like big moment the guy you wanted to play is steve pierce I was at his game at Fenway where he hit four home runs in that series against the Yankees to really start to turn things around in 18 and, and give us a division lead. That's the vibe I get. That's the energy I'm feeling. Whenever he comes to the plate, I think that Arroyo can do something magical at this point in the season. So even though I'm pessimistic with the injuries, I can't help but think that this kid has a spark that this team can really rally around. I love it. Those guys were platoon guys, though, I feel like. And I see Arroyo, if healthy, you know, as more of an everyday guy. But but Pierce, you know, when he was platooning with Moreland and Gomes when he was platooning with Nava, uh, you know, like Arroyo, both Pierce and Gomes had the flair for the dramatic. And especially if jo- Johnny Gomes was coming off the bench late in the game, it seemed like he hit three or four. Uh, you know, go ahead homers that year. It was just unbelievable. And then he, he had a great postseason. Every time he was in the lineup in 2013, we won. Like that was the pattern uh, for much of October. So, um, so, and if that's how it, it does end up working out, I'm totally good with that as well. I mean, there's always a role for that. We're not getting that right now out of Marwin Gonzalez or Danny Santana. So if Arroyo ends up being that guy, then you know, so be it. Uh, my stud for the series, I'm kind of going a little bit outside the box. We've talked about Brandon Workman a lot. He's, he's my stud. And there's been a little bit of pessimism earlier in his tenure. His first game with the Red Sox was uh, June 3rd. He gave up a run in that first game. Since then, he's only given up one other earned run, and that was on June 12th. So we're still working on close to a month here without him uh, giving up any uh, earned runs. And he's been used for multiple innings. He's been used with runners on base. And in this series, there was a dribbler and with the bases loaded, which Devers couldn't have a play on. It wasn't, wasn't his fault. It, there was just no play to be made. And a run came in, but he's he hasn't been as far as the, his strikeout rate what he was in in 2019 when he had a, something like a 12 something strikeout per nine. It's right around seven right now, so we're not seeing the strikeouts. But his walk rate compared to 2019 is down just a little bit. It's it's a 5.5 walks per nine, which is high, but that year it was. Uh, 5.7 and that's when he was the closer so he's a little bit below that and I don't know if he's gonna trend in the right direction and 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 get a little bit sharper or if he's gonna fall off a cliff but I've been impressed with him and just over the month that he's been here I think he's he he's been by far an upgrade over a Phillips Valdez type guy uh, certainly an Austin Bryce type guy he doesn't seem selfish at all. He's he's doing exactly what he's been asked to do in, in all different types of scenarios. And uh, his ERA with the Cubs 
6.75 prior to us getting him. His ERA since arriving to Boston, 1.38. So I'll take it. I'll take it, even if it's not quite what it was in 2019. Admittedly, he still makes me nervous. Um, I There's something about just watching him as – throw his curveball i'm like oh my god if this one doesn't break it's going 800 feet i i don't know what it is if it's the lack of like the uh spider attack now where i know he there's an off chance he's not gonna be able to spin it uh, i would just like to see the f- fastball velocity tick up a little bit obviously i don't think that's gonna happen at this point but yeah i have no problem with him being in the bullpen right now i think he definitely leads your um your B team relievers that you need when you don't have your Whitlock, Otto, and uh, Barnes guys ready to go. Like I, I have more faith in him than I have thrown out Hernandez at this point. Even though I know Hernandez just had a nice little stretch, but yeah, um, if he can keep putting this together for another few weeks, this is just free found gold for uh, for the Red Sox. You know, when we made this move, I was not happy about it i didn't think he was gonna perform i thought this was high and bloom trying to recapture something that was already gone because we've seen so many relievers have flash in the plan, fashion flash in the pan brilliant seasons and then never repeat it but what he's shown me now is he still has the ability to command his fastball even though it doesn't have that same velocity on it it still has that bite it still moves a lot uh, his curveball, Andrew, I agree with you. It it doesn't have that same sharpness that it, it did previously. But right now, the way he's being used as your sixth inning guy, I can't hate it because in a lot of other teams in the league right now, he's probably their eighth inning guy, especially the way he's been pitching recently or since he's came to the Sox, rather, and since June. So, I think we now I think we're one bullpen injury from him being in a role that I would hate him in. Yeah, I mean we'll see, and it's hard to imagine other guys getting kicked out of the bullpen. I mean I can't even think of one right now. I did mean to give one comparison though. Um, we, we all like Salamora. We all love the splitter, and you know he's fun to watch. But in the time Workman's been here, he's given up more earned runs. And he's uh, walked more people. Salamora has. So Workman's been, you know, a little bit, um, you know, he's he's been a little bit better than than Salamora. So, um, so I mean, when Brazier comes back, who's the odd man out? Like that's it's gonna be a hard one. And I mean, I still at some point would like Caleb or to get a cup of coffee up here to see what he's got since they have to move him on to the forty eventually. But I think we can all agree on one thing that uh Workman is our closer for the next two games, right? Like <laughs> Oh we got against the Phillies, we just gotta throw him out there. Uh, and just okay. Absolutely see. laugh. <laughs> smell what you're cooking. I mean I, I, I think I think the guy that has to go is Andres. I think Andres has been a necessity because he's the only guy in the bullpen that you could throw out there for four innings in in a pinch. But it looks like Tanner Houck is about to be ready. And if Tanner Houck is ready, you don't need Matt Andres because you can bring up Tanner Houck, put him either in the rotation or in the bullpen, one or the other, uh, and use him in that role. 
on top of that, it looks like Garrett Whitlock, like we already talked about, they're more comfortable using him in, in more frequ- with more frequency. So you could probably get three innings out of him. We've seen it more often. You know, we've seen it a couple of times where he's thrown 35, 40 pitches. They just haven't gone beyond that. They probably would, in a pinch, give him three innings uh, at this point based on his usage rate. So Matt Andrees is the odd man out. And if it's anyone else, then I'm going to question Heim Bloom's decision-making. I think Andrees for Hauk is the move when when that's ready to be made. I I think that's how it... I think those are comparable moves. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that'll be the exact move. He might, you know, Andrees might go down for Brazier if Hauk's not ready yet. Um, But I, I think that's the move. Now, who do you move when Brazier's ready? That's... A little bit more complicated. I'm thinking we Rios. all thought it was going to be Brazier or Worker. It could now, be Rios, but even then, he's been good. Oh, uh, yeah, probably Rios. But uh, Dave Bush did say today he still hasn't cleared concussion protocol. Yeah. So it could be a while it's for be a Brazier. While. Yeah, he yeah. hasn't really started throwing, I don't think. Um, but yeah, I, I think if the decision had to be made tomorrow and it's either Workman or Rios, I think Rios goes. Whether it's option, I don't know what his situation is. He he probably does well, have Rios options. would have to be he would have to be DFA'd. Oh, would he? Oh, okay, because that that was when we picked him up um, from a DFA. He doesn't have any waivers oh, uh, okay. from Seattle. Right. He, he might be a guy that could DFA'd. He might he might sneak through. through waivers. I think yeah. he might sneak through waivers and end up at AAA. He's one of those other guys that. Not a lot of teams might claim on. But then again, as we go down the stretch, other teams that don't have roster crunches might start stashing these guys because it seems like a lot of the guys that Heim Bloom has stashed, they performed at the big league level. I don't know how he gets them through waivers. Like Brennan performed great against Toronto in, in that performance that he had, and we put him through waivers and he survived that. So I would be confident that Rios survives waivers. Do we even need Rios? I, I don't know. I, I don't think that he's – all that important to this team. He's another guy who just eats innings, but you can always have, you know, one inning eater who doesn't matter how well he does because you need somebody to, to pitch when you're down six runs. Somebody yeah. has to do it. We've got a pretty deep bullpen, as deep as I've ever seen, really. Uh, all right, so let's get through some honorable mentions here. Uh, Raphael Devers probably should have been a stud, but we use him so much. I just kind of wanted to go outside the box for the audience on on this one. But he was four for 13, three for five in the first game. He had uh, an RBI base hit, and then he had a two-run dinger off of Suarez and uh, was 1-for-4 in Tuesday's game, 0-for-4 today. But we get swept if it wasn't for that uh, Game 1 performance by Devers. We win an extra game if he comes through with a guy on second base and nobody out and moves the runner across today, though, Terry. Yeah. So I don't, I don't hate that as, a, as an honorable mention, but if that was your stud, I, I would have been upset with it. <laughs> well, fair enough, I guess. I just couldn't imagine. I predicted a sweep. Of of Anaheim and it, very narrowly, uh, you know, Ottavino really struggled there at, at the end, and uh, we, we were lucky to escape that with a win. But uh, Bogarts was three for twelve, but that's only because he had three hits today. Ironically, anytime he gets a rest day, he he doesn't uh, he doesn't come out yes, like he's, he's well rested. Yesterday's game could have been a lot different, though. I mean, if that home run didn't get robbed, we're probably looking at taking two out of three. True. So his yeah. numbers should have been even more inflated than they were. Yeah, Ligaris, uh made a made a good catch out in center field um, at the at the wall. So, 
Yeah, he could have. It's it's weird because we didn't we hit let's see three home runs the whole series. So, uh, but yeah. So going well, it should have been four. You know, to, to Andrew's point, that that ball was two. You know, almost two feet over the fence. Ligaris brought it back, and that was in. Uh, I could be wrong, but that was the sixth inning to tie it up. Correct. So it, it was you're looking at a late. whole other ball game. Yeah. No one else really stood out as far as offense goes. We'll, perhaps we'll get into some of that. Um, let's see. Martin Perez, pretty solid. Five and one-third. Gave up eight hits, one earned run, only walked one. Only struck out three, but, uh, you know, got the job done. Uh, Sawamura, well, he gave up a run. Yeah, screw him. Josh Taylor uh, continues his uh, scoreless streak since April 25th. Uh, one and one third inning. Uh, no hits, no walks, struck out two. Very impressive there. Uh, Rios looked pretty good. And, uh, and we already covered Whitlock. So, any thoughts? Connor Wong, really quick? Yeah, I was going to say okay. Connor Wong yeah. is somebody that we need sure. to talk I don't about. Know. He was my yeah. stud on the last show, right? So, right. I'm very yeah, happy with Connor Wong, but every time he. You know, he's behind the plate. I feel like we get a, a really sharp Nathan Avaldi. Avaldi wasn't great in this series, but he could have been a lot worse. Uh, and then Wong also had a double in that game, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, I like Connor Wong and what he's doing for this ball club. Yeah, you hit a double off Otani. That's, uh, I mean, he's facing what? He's faced Cole, Otani, and someone else that was really good. He hasn't exactly had the uh, easiest three first pro games. And been solved behind the plate we saw him show off his arm a little bit and now it seems like he's earned himself the utility role if they do have to throw santana or marwin onto the il uh, or at least according to cora this morning and it sounds like that's probably going to be the case yeah I'm, I'm not an expert on pop time but when he when he gunned down that runner at second base they said his pop time was well above the league average at least on that well he throw. had the runner by two steps yeah I mean, the runner didn't even go into his slide. That was an absolute cannon of a throw from Wong. Yeah. Uh, so I agree with you, Andrew. I thought he was he was great in this series. I, w- I want to see him more than once a week uh, at, at this point because I feel like Vasquez is fading, uh, which catchers typically do at this point in the season. But I'd like to see Wong against a, a more favorable matchup uh, as far as the pitching goes. Uh, maybe see him with another pitcher that's not Nate Evaldi because he's been great with Evaldi, but I'd love to see what he can do with some of these guys who are struggling, like, say, at Erod. Um, I, I think that would be great. Yeah, and a couple of strikeouts, but I guess we're not going to worry about that. But his defense, I mean, Andrew, you were saying privately with us uh, within the last week or so that he's not a great defender typically. He's not a great defensive catcher. And in a small sample size, you know, albeit – yeah, that was the book on him. He wasn't, and it seems like he's really worked to get himself to that point where he is because it was seeming for him to be more of a second and third baseman. So if this is going to be a development here, they've, they've got something if he, if he starts to hit as well. Yeah, and he hit 29 home runs in 2019 in A. so that's what I've been enamored with ever since the trade happened. So I'd love to see a little bit of that power. Uh, you know, but oh, and before we do one last thing, since we're talking about him it, being a utility guy, so is he like second baseman, shortstop when needed? Is that typically? He, he can't play short, but he can play second base. Second base, okay. So with the play way that third too. 
he and he played third. third a little bit. So okay. the way that this shapes up now, he would probably play second. You move Kike to the outfield. You move Arroyo around a little bit um, to first, and you put Dahlbeck at third. So it would be a big shuffle uh, with him as your utility guy, but it, you could make it happen. Yeah, I, I would just imagine he'd be giving guys days off, you know, because that's Cora's favorite thing. But, uh, yeah. So, all right, let's uh, switch gears, I guess. We'll get over to the dud side of things. And we did lose two out of three, so there should be some talking points here. Andrew, who do you have? I'm sticking behind the plate. Uh, I went with Vasquez. I don't think it's anything on him right now. I think he's beaten up. I think he's one of those guys that really needs a day or uh, the all-star break rather. So a few days, I think him and Verdugo are kind of in the same boat right now. Um, he seems to have no, no legs at the moment. And I, the bats are really starting to go down in quality and he can still make contact. Well, he struck out what twice today, but yeah, he he needs an extended breather, and I expect him to come out of the uh, out of the shoot pretty warm. Um, so I don't know, nothing personal against him. It's just that time of year where the body just starts to break down a little bit for these guys that are behind the plate. Yeah, I mentioned a little bit when I talked about Wong. I want to see him more because Vasquez is fading. Vasquez did make some really solid contact in that first game, where he didn't have great numbers, admittedly. Um, but I feel like he flew out to, to deep center twice uh, and then drove the ball to right once at a pretty you know, decent margin. But that's a small ballpark, and the ball was carrying. If he does have his legs and he's fresh, say this is like him off the all-star break, I think some of those balls are, are finding the wall, uh, and definitely at least one of those is finding the gap. So I think you're right, Andrew. He just needs a breather, um, but at this point he's not offering you anything offensively. He's going to be 31 years old next month. I mean, he's not a spring chicken. And 31 for a catcher is, that's a, you know, that's older than a, a 31-year-old first baseman, really, you know, if you factor in wear and tear. So I'm just wondering at this point, should he be three out of every five games going forward? Like, is it quality over quantity at this point? You know, I think the, the issue is they don't trust Kluwecki's offense either um, you, even though I like his offense I, I know both of you have been impressed in the past but it's going to come down to the pitching staff and, and who the pitchers want to pitch to because you and I are on the same wavelength Terry and some of the younger listeners on this show are probably you know closer to my age are probably saying well what the hell are you talking about like the advanced stats show that the catcher has to hit X I don't care what the catcher hits as long as the pitching staff performs well um, so to me, if the pitchers are more comfortable with him than they are with Ploiecki or even Wong, I don't care how much he catches, um, as long as they, they play well, but we know that, you know, Chris Sale, for example, he wants to pitch to Ploiecki. Um, it looks like Erod wants to pitch to Wong or else that wouldn't be the spot that they give all the days off to, um, for, for him. So. I don't know if Vasquez playing three out of every five is, is going to be a rigid thing or should be a rigid thing. I would just, you know, ride him as long as we can and offense is gravy. He is three for his last 27 and hasn't had an extra base hit since June 18th. In fact, only had three extra base hits the whole month of June. So for a guy who was 
had a great April and regarded as a, a top two or three offensive catcher, certainly going the wrong way. So hopefully oh, the more you play, the more tired he's going to get. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's, that's how catchers work. That's why I'm saying, you know, three out of five should be where he's at. And, maybe even a little bit of extra rest coming into the month of October. He still grinds away at the plate, which is nice, but. And he is the, uh, by all stats right now, the best defensive catcher in the league. Um, it's not even close for their D war at this, at this point. Okay. Well, that's true as well. That's always, that's what he was thought to have been. I mean, the offense we've gotten over the last three or four years has been a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, Job, who's your uh, dud for the series? Uh, my dud for the series is Kike Hernandez. He went one for four in uh, today's game, or rather in game one. Uh, one for three in game two and 0 for four in game three. He did have a walk, so I didn't hate that. Um, but I just feel like right now Verdugo is slumping, and I, I'm avoiding putting Verdugo in the dud spot because I think he's hurt. Um, I think he's playing at like self uh, and we just don't have a viable option for him to hit the injured list. Um, so the pressure is really on Kike Hernandez to get on base and he just didn't in this series. Um, uh, every time he gets on, I feel like he scores, right? I mean, one hit, one run in, in the first two games, uh, but 0 for 4 today and I felt like there was a couple of at-bats there, especially late in the eighth inning with, with one out. J.D. Martinez um, came up. If Kike's not automatically striking out in that at-bat a couple of times in front of uh, the big the big bats in the middle of the lineup, we're scoring some runs because we're just one pitch uh, short of being up in both of those, both game two and game three. Andrew. Yeah, I mean, he had been on fire coming into the series, so I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass on there because it really did look like he grabbed that leadoff spot by the horns, and that's what we've been looking for and been waiting for. And, I, yeah, I set the stat out earlier how, like, his war, he's 2.2. He's just a couple points below um, Mookie Betts, and his defense has been double what – Jackie Bradley's has been so I'm gonna give him a pass for this series I do think fatigue seriously has set in for these guys so um I expect better thing better things ahead have you guys noticed that because I noticed it with Kike but now I'm starting to see it with some other guys in the lineup where pitchers are attacking the top of the zone and we just don't have an answer for it I, I saw it with Arroyo he fell behind in a, a couple at bats um, I just I don't know if they found something with our offense. Well, I feel like that's been a consistent theme for the last two seasons for the Sox is the high fastball is really killing us. Um, but there's a couple of guys, we'll, we'll talk about one of them in a minute, I'm sure, uh, who can't hit the high fastball at the moment. And it's not necessarily that the fastball is too high. It just feels like they're a, a tick too slow. Um, like if the fastball is coming in at 96, if it was 94 – the ball's gone. They're just a little too slow to the ball, and I wonder if that's maybe uh, something approach-wise that we need to adjust uh, with Tim Hayes here. Yeah, and Devers had a you – know, he got exposed against Houston earlier uh, in June. So, 
Uh, all right, well, sticking with it, uh, Hunter Renfro hasn't had a good couple of series uh, and was also on fire, probably more on fire than even Kike was. One for 12 this series. His one hit was a home run, and it was kind of a semi-meaningless home run because it was with two outs in the ninth inning, and we just had no momentum. I, I was kind of hoping that would spark it, but... Um, nothing else happened after, and we ended up losing game two. But again, his only hit for the series, one for 12. Let me grab his numbers last series. He was one for eight. He only played two out of the three games in Oakland, but uh, pretty quiet. And it's not so much that I'm frustrated with Renfro. But when he cools off, it seems like that bottom part of the order kind of destabilizes and we're going to be prone to games like today and games like game two. Yeah, he's got a lot of pressure on him too, which sucks because, you know, you'd love to just be able to be like uh, Devers who's usually in front of him and see a fastball. You know, but I don't. I don't even think Renfro gets a lot of those. He's getting sliders. He's getting stuff out of the zone. Um, when he gets something in the zone, he's been punishing it. But there's really no threat if he's leading off the inning. You know, if he gets on base, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's kind of been a somewhat of a black hole lately behind him. So the pitchers can definitely work around him, and that's that's got to be aggravating to him too. Yeah, I feel like he's been chasing pitches a little bit of late. Uh, today he struck out on a slider uh, down in a way that I feel like that was a frustration swing more than anything after two really high fastballs uh, that, that were, you know, jam shots up and in. To, a lot of it to me is that he wants that fastball. He's really hunting the fastball. Um, and it's just he's not getting any of them in the zone. Fastball in the zone was probably in June. And the reason being is just what Andrew said. You're not scared of the bottom third of this lineup beyond him because it's almost like a National League team and their number eight hitter. He's not going to see anything to hit because you've got the pitcher up next. Well, you know, with Renfro, you've got, you know, either Bobby Dahlbeck or Marwin Gonzalez who are both hitting, you know, 200 and strike out about 40% of the time right behind you. So there's no threat there that, that makes him throw you a fastball. And his frustration is showing. I think his at-bats have been a little bit poor. But he's another one of those guys who he's been playing defense every single game for now probably the last month where he's been played almost every day, um, even a little bit more than that with only one or two days off in between. And before this in his career, he's never really been an everyday player. So I wonder if maybe his legs are, are also a little bit gone and he needs a rest. Uh, I just kind of hope he figures it out. It'll be interesting if a certain outfielder gets called up that might make the structure of the lineup look a little differently to he'll probably I'm talking about Duran so he'll probably be in the eight or nine hole anyway but if you can get some production down there 
maybe it carries over to the one and two spots and 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 in that time frame maybe Renfro will will find another spark uh, to go on another run but I think with Renfro he he needs to just be a little bit more patient at the plate and, and wait for his pitch if they're not going to be in the zone and we saw Kike that that's exactly why Kike turned it around suddenly even today he was Kike was ahead in the count a couple of times there, there was a two and one count well, he walked today you yeah know, he, he had a good approach still even when he wasn't getting the reason he's my dad is because the guys behind him are hitting with two outs every time and, and the pressure on them is immense and if they don't come through we, we lose games so to me that's why Kike is my dad but Renfro I feel like doesn't want to walk you know even against Otani, one of the guys who's most prone to walks in the entire league, that's been the the big problem with him so far in his career has been walks when he didn't draw a single one. And the reason for that is the bottom third of the order is not a threat. And Renfro is trying to make them a threat. And he's trying to swing and do some damage because he knows that if he doesn't do anything, the the, the rest of the guys behind him aren't going to do anything. Bobby Dahlbeck's not sparking any two-out rallies. Um, so to me, Renfro's putting a lot on his shoulders. I think he really wanted that push to be an all-star. Um, I just think he needs a break. He needs a couple of days off. I don't think his job is in jeopardy at all from, from a Jaron Duran. I think there's a couple of other guys uh, that, that will lose that spot first. And on top of that, I think he's the best defender in the outfield. So uh, I'm not going to get upset with him for having a cold offensive stretch. It's kind of a return to earth. And, again, he's one of these guys that we predicted was going to hit 225. So him hitting 260, I, I can't get upset with, uh, with a slight cold stretch and just return to normalcy for him. He was actually up to 275, but um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Everyone's going to have to step up at some point. So. So we'll see what happens, I guess, with Philly. Uh, let's see. Any dishonorable mentions? I, I just want to say about Verdugo, and Job, you could be on to something as far as his health, but this has been a disappointing season, I feel like, compared to w- what we got teased with last year. Absolutely. I think it's been a little bit disappointing. Because last year he was the face of the team as far as production goes, as far as excitement goes. I mean, one of the only plays I can remember from last season is him pulling that home run ball back uh, from the bullpen. And there's no crowd there. There's no energy in the ballpark. And, he, and he's still going crazy. Um, and he's wearing the, the chain with 99 on it and the bling. And the the energy is, is always there with him and the compete. He looks like Manny when he, when he doesn't get an out, he's pissed uh, when he makes an out when he makes an error. And I, I love that from him. So I think we got a little, little bit overhyped on him, but he's also battling some injuries. He just is, he, he's not one of those guys who has never been hurt. He has a back issue. He has a, a lingering hamstring issue but you're never going to hear about it. He's a lot like a hockey player in that respect. He's just going to battle through it. Yeah, if you just follow his brother on Twitter, like he's been like, dude, you got to shut it down for the last like two weeks. And I don't. Clearly, he doesn't want to. He wants to show up to the ballpark every night, even though it's probably in his 
definitely not in his best interest. So I think a little bit of TLC and vacation is going to do him wonders. And he's another one of those guys that I think is going to be poised for a big second half. Yeah, I, I think the real benefit for the All-Star break coming when it is, I wouldn't be surprised if these, if some of these big names don't play in Philly uh, for the third game at least. Um, I think we need to win two of, of the three in Philly to keep our momentum through the All-Star break. But if we win the first two games, I could see Alex Cora treating game three like a getaway day. Oh, I, I would you rather know, like, just all see you guys take call a day off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, take, take the day, make the All-Star break a little four-day weekend because when you get back, we got 17 games in 17 days and they're all in the division. Then we have to win 10 of 17 at least. Going to be a, a stressful month from here out. Yeah, I was just, I mean, Verdugo 2020 hit 308, 367 on base. I mean, that's borderline elite and not much worse than that in 2019. So 25 years old, I just hope he f- gets into a rhythm. I, I, he's far too young to be having chronic health issues and whatnot. I'll say this, he's not still not a big strikeout guy, even on a semi-off year. He's not, his strikeout numbers are, are pretty low for all players that qualify for how many at-bats they've had. So, um, ho- hopefully. I think in an ideal scenario, he doesn't play any of these games in Philly. I think he probably still plays two. But in an ideal scenario for the Red Sox going forward, he doesn't play any of these games. And yeah, what I'd like I to agree, see yeah. is, uh, Andrew, I don't know what you think about this, but what I would like to see is this move that they didn't make today in Anaheim. I wonder if that's not Michael Chavis. Like, I wonder if the guy that comes back up, I know Michael Chavis is now eligible because of the injury, but I, I wonder if they don't recall Plowecki yet, they call up an outfielder. Just, just give the outfield a couple, you know, an extra arm uh, and give them a break. We have great outfielders in AAA. It doesn't even necessarily need to be Durant. Well, um, there's definitely a better than zero chance that um, Franchi's called up and, since he did get the start at first base and actually made a pretty nice play there on a hot shot. He snagged it right out of the air. Um, so you, you also have the versatility of throwing him in left field and see what happens. Cause I mean, we also happened in last, his last major league game was against Philly and I don't think that ball's come down yet. So. Yeah. I, I like that idea. You know, I think you also have Montas down there. Like you have a lot of guys down there who are good triple a players and, and could be something at the big leagues. This is a week where if it were up to me, Franchi Cordero is, is coming back to Boston, and he's playing all three days in a row, and we'll see what happens after the All-Star break when the competition is real again. But I don't want to see Alex Verdugo, and I don't want to see J.D. Martinez in left field. I don't want Renfro playing all three games. I need some severe help from the bench. So for me, this would be a, a, a big bench day. Um, I, I might even send down a reliever. I don't, I don't know off the top of my head what relievers have options. Uh, or that have recently been used. But if you could send down a reliever and go with one man shorter in the bullpen and one man more on the bench and just kind of give J.D. Martinez a day off, give Verdugo a day off his feet, and give Renfro a day off his feet, this team is going to be better for it when we play the Yankees in six days. 
Fair enough. A uh, couple. Uh, I'm not going to get on Evaldi too much, but it wasn't a good outing. Five and two thirds, nine hits, five earned runs. Did strike out nine though. Darwin's and Hernandez hasn't looked super great in the post sticky stuff era. I don't know if there's a correlation there or if he's just kind of on a little bit of a skid. But he did allow a home run today. Strikeouts aren't quite what they were uh, in May into June when he was on that good run either. So hopefully he gets that turned around, but at least we got another good lefty in the pen. So why don't we, as we're coming up on the hour here, switch gears and get into that Philly series, which starts on Friday, Red Sox uh, off on Thursday, which I think the whole team desperately needs, as we've kind of been alluding to, especially coming back from the West Coast. But uh, so Friday night, oof, this could be interesting. Uh, Vince Velasquez versus Garrett Richards. We could see 30 walks that game. (laughs) (laughs) That's on the table. That's not a great lineup for Richards, I, I wouldn't think, but but he surprised me in his last outing by just kind of grinding through five innings, or maybe it was even six innings. Joe, what are your thoughts at this on point, that? At this point, I'm projecting that we lose every game that he starts <laughs> until until I see him put together another shut-up performance, uh, which he did after I ragged on him for an hour and a half in, in both, uh, against Baltimore in that first week of the year. Uh, he put together a string of, you know, shut up, I know what I'm doing, performances. Until I see at least one more of those, I'm projecting we lose every game he pitches. Sit everybody in that game. Just just forfeit that one. Well, Velasquez can, can get knocked around as well, so m- maybe a, a high-scoring win. Yeah, no, I, I love it if Bobby Dahlbeck goes three for four in that game. You know, and then everyone's like, oh, he's finally arrived. That would be a, a great start to my all-star weekend as far as I'm concerned. And it, it is at Fenway as well, so the DH will be available. Game two, uh, kind of interesting. Matt Moore versus Martin Perez. Perez coming off a pretty good start. He typically doesn't look as good the, the second time a, a team faces him, so... That's something I'll be watching for, but I, I forgot. I didn't even know Matt Moore was in the league. Was he in Japan last year? Probably or Korea. Okay, I I was just looking up. I was like, he was Moore. he was in Japan. Is that Matt Moore? <laughs> yeah, he had that one good season with Tampa, twenty thirteen. But yeah, but yeah. So. Hopefully we just see some consistency out of Perez. He was mostly pitching to contact in his start against Anaheim. Only three strikeouts. So hopefully he settles into a rhythm, goes deep, and doesn't have the bullpen into the game too early. Final game of the series. This is going to be a really fun matchup. Oh, and of course, oh, it's a Sunday though. So, okay, so one ten start. Aaron Nola versus Nick Pavetta. Pavetta is my favorite guy to watch. I don't know why. I just I really like watching him pitch. He and Nola's been yeah he does. And Nola's been down a little bit this year. He's mid four ERA. So you're you know last year or the year before I said this is not going to be a good game for the Sox, but they definitely have a chance. And again, 
I don't even want to make a prediction on this game because, like you were saying, Job, I don't even know who's going to play in this game. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it really depends on how the first two games go. But as far as I'm concerned, this series, if we could take two out of three, that, that would be great. Um, I think we probably split the first two. I don't know how much pressure is on them really to win that third game. Uh, but I'm going to assume the B squad lineup is out there. For that if game, they, so. Yeah, if they win the first two, then Xander, Devers, Martinez, and Nate, and do they have another all-star? They're, they're, they're on the plane to Denver early. You know, Absolutely, it's not, Matt yeah. Barnes. Yep, yeah, don't have them fly out at Sunday night. Don't have them fly out Monday morning. Just send them right there Sunday morning um, and let them get as much uh, R&R as they need. Yeah, and uh, I'm not going to lie. I would be ups- I'm going to be upset if either Devers or Xander gets more than two at-bats in the All-Star game. And my hope is that Matt Barnes only pitches to one hitter. I mean, I hope point. he doesn't even pitch. Like I, I hope he. I know he's going to, which is why I've resigned myself to that. But I think Chapman probably won't. He'll probably be the guy that doesn't pitch. Throw him um, out for four innings. Screw him. But to, to me, it's yeah. I agree with that too. But to me, I'm going to be upset if any of our guys really get into the game and pitch. Seth of all, he's going to pitch. They, they've already talked about it. Uh, they're reshuffling their lineup you know, or their starting rotation post All Star break for that. So. He's going to pitch. But outside of that, I hope no one else on the team is, is really that involved in the game. Well, Kevin Cash is managing it, so he might try to sabotage us, make a Voldy pitch five <laughs> innings just so we turn in a dud. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm picturing Bloom's angry phone call to his old buddy like as that in my head. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to all three days. I'll, I'll just streak on the field and take out Cash. <laughs> do what you have to do, Andrew. I'm expecting some nice, some nice videos from that that whole weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun for you. You're going to the Derby too, right? Yeah, and the Futures game. I actually, I think I'm most excited for the Futures game. That's going to be crazy. Uh, oh, really? Going, yeah. going to the Shohei show. Exactly. Yeah, it's like I'm surprised they have renamed the streets like Otani Way already here. Yeah, I I like the format of the the All Star game, uh, the Home Run Derby, rather. I, I hate the. I'll, I'll watch the starting lineups and maybe the first inning of the actual All Star game, but that's about all I care to see as far as that goes. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, I guess on that note, we're right around an hour, so that's perfect. We will be back twenty four hours for Red Sox deep dives. We're going to be talking. Uh, we're going to be talking some Shohei Otani, where he kind of stands in the sport, what he means to the sport, and we will. Do a little bit of Red Sox draft talk, which I believe is next week, isn't it, Andrew? It is Sunday. Oh, this Sunday. My bad. I thought yeah. it was. So that is coming right up. So this will be the last. Uh, yeah, this will be the last show before the draft. So we'll cover that. We'll kind of p- try to pinpoint who the Red Sox might be in on. We'll also discuss who they unfortunately won't be in on that that could go in the in the three picks before us. So stay tuned for that, and uh, everybody have a good Thursday. Take care. <laughs>